Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. There was a very critical uh, religious liberty decision out of the Canadian Supreme Court recently. Here to discuss it, my good friend and colleague, Attorney Barry Bussey, who serves as General Counsel for the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. Barry, what is it about this Trinity Western Law School that the court said no to? Well, I tell you, it's been uh, quite the decision, but what the primary concern for the court is that the university, being a private Christian university and not receiving any government funding, is that it has a mandatory community covenant agreement that it requires students and faculty to sign if they are to participate in the university, so it would be a faculty member or be a student. And in particular, there's one phrase out of a five-page document that says that students and or faculty will not be engaged in any sexual activity that would violate marriage, marriage defined as one man and one woman. The activists um, led by, I think, the Canadian Council of Law Deans, as well as the legal academics uh, who were upset with this, um, the whole idea of having a Christian university with a mandatory covenant, uh, really tried desperately to, first of all, encourage the Federation of the Law Societies of Canada not to accredit the school. However, the Law Society and Federation did accredit the school after a very intense and exhaustive review, and they decided that the public interest was not offended by having such a school. However, then what happened was that the academics said, well, look, we need to have the law societies uh, individually do their own search and their own investigation. And so three law societies, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, and Ontario, said no to the school because this was deemed, this language was deemed as offensive to the LGBTQ community. And so um, uh, that ultimately then was brought before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled seven to two against Trinity, basically saying that such a community covenant was degrading and disrespectful to minorities and ruled that in the balancing of the rights, uh, i.e. the religious freedom rights of Trinity Western, well, not Trinity particular, but Trinity's religious community and the equality right concerns, the court ruled that it is up to the law societies to define what the public interest is and uh, because this was an administrative law review, a judicial review. And so the law society said that this violated their sense of what they call charter values. And as a result, they were perfectly in the right to deny Trinity accreditation. So if I have the upshot of this decision correct, first of all, the law school can continue Trinity Western can have its law school. It's accredited by some law societies, but not all. And so graduates will be 
able to practice in parts of Canada, but not in other parts of Canada? Well, is that the bottom line? Well, no, see, here's the problem. The problem is, is that one of the law societies at the Supreme Court was the British Columbia Law Society. They declared that they could not support the school and therefore couldn't be accredited. Um, and the problem with that is the Ministry of Higher Education in British Columbia will not give accreditation to Trinity unless the local law society gives its approval. And so as a result, Trinity is out of luck and cannot have a law school. Well, it can't have a law school with that covenant. That's correct. Now, so the second question, the covenant, as I understood it, has two aspects in the sense that it applies both to faculty and to students, right? That's correct. So the Canadian Supreme Court parsed that out and say, well, you know, like in America, we have uh, a ministerial exception, and it's recognized mm -hmm. that Religious institutions have broad discretion when it comes to, to hiring uh, people of their own faith. And so in America, arguably, Trinity Western would be entitled to hire faculty who you know, would sign a covenant like that, but they would not be here in America. I think it's, it's quite doubtful that even a private university would be allowed to discriminate and exclude practicing gays, which is essentially what, um, you know, what's the issue here is this marriage part of the covenant would exclude, you know, well, not just practicing gays, but heterosexuals who are not married. That's correct. Or, or sexually active. Yeah, right. But okay, so here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. Number one, Trinity Western is a private university. Therefore, the charter, it's, it's not a subject of the charter. It is to receive the benefits of the charter. In other words, it's not a government actor, right? So, therefore, it's to be shielded by the charter. Number two, it is exempt under the B.C. human rights legislation to be able to discriminate in its hiring of faculty and also of uh, requiring students to sign this community covenant. Back in 2001, Trinity had a, a very similar situation wherein it tried to get an education degree. And it went all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada. And the Supreme Court said, look, that yes, Trinity has this discriminatory policy. However, you know, members of the LGBT community could not attend unless they were to basically uh, go through the inconvenience, not only inconvenience, but uh, significant harm in the sense of being forced to not live their lifestyle while they are attending the school. But that Canada was a multicultural society, and it's important for Canada to have um, a diverse community, uh, multiculturalism, pluralism, and so forth. And in 2001, the Supreme Court ruled on the education degree in favor of Trinity. 2018, the Supreme Court hardly even referenced the decision. There was a couple of references made by some of the concurring judgments with the majority, but in essence, it, and they distinguished it, but the uh, the larger majority did not even address the 2001 decision, which is fascinating. So here it is. They haven't overturned their earlier decision, but they basically ignored it. And they're saying, no, this time around, uh, this is offensive. This is degrading and disrespectful is their term. And it cannot be uh, that we would allow a law society or if a law society decides that this is 
something they do not want to condone by granting accreditation. Therefore, they're well within their statutory mandate to deny Trinity accreditation. Very, very interesting. So in the Canadian Supreme Court, how many judges are there? So there are nine judges, and the way the decision went was uh, seven to two against Trinity, but there were three judgments in the majority. One judgment was of five judges. Uh, The two concurring had some problems with the analysis that was given by the majority in dealing with administrative decision makers. One of the things that has come up uh, right now, which is fascinating with this decision, is that there's a concept known as charter values. Now, we have charter rights, just like you have your American Bill of Rights, but now the court has gotten into this philosophical approach towards the charter such that there are values that exude from the document itself. So there's no definition of them necessarily, but we do know that there, uh, for example, human rights would be a a value, a democratic society is a value, equality is a value, that kind of thing. And so now what's happened in this case, which is a very, very strong dissent written by two judges, Justice Cote and Brown, um, basically said, look, the concept of charter values to take away a constitutionally protected right is simply unacceptable in our constitutional law. In fact, they even called a charter value the idiosyncrasy of a judicial mind. In other words, One judge will have one particular value that they claim is uh, something that could be applied to everybody in Canada, and another judge will have a different value. And so so they're saying this is totally unacceptable. Anyhow, um, the dissent was very uh, robust, and some people uh, were criticizing the dissent for being so robust in this. However, um, given the implications of this, because then here's where the implications go. Now what happens is we've got administrative actors, so government, bureaucracy, and so on, will now be able to say, look, we have to carry out our responsibility, and in doing so, we have to keep with charter values, and in carrying this out, we get to define what the public interest is. And as a result, we can expect now other particular areas of uh, going to be concerned with uh, with this whole operation. So, for example, we've got... Canadian Revenue Agency, uh, which deals with such things as uh, registered charitable status, if suddenly the, the CRA says, which is similar to your IRS, if they say, for example, that um, we're sorry, but we can no longer give accreditation or give registered char- charitable status to this particular community because of their bigoted views or what we determine is bigoted views because it goes against charter values as we defined it. Therefore, we have the authorization to deny them charitable status based on their uh, offensive religious beliefs and practices. And so we can see this now moving on to other areas. We can expect, for example, that the Education Department in British Columbia, the college, BC College of Teachers, would want to revisit their 2001 situation in light of the, uh, the law societies winning here in 2018. The school also has a nursing program. The nursing um, association will probably uh, be looking at the school. Um, Maybe they might say, okay, sorry, but uh, we can't agree to this kind of or condoning this kind of discriminatory behavior either. And so it's just a domino effect that we expect. Well, I hear you, but I'm wondering if Trinity is considering its options, uh, for example, just removing the offensive 
uh, provision about marriage. I, I say, obviously, to uh, not to you and me, but uh, what the court found offensive, and then still being able to maintain its character and its progress. You know, that will be very interesting to see. There is, uh, as you can appreciate, a lot of discussion going on right now within the uh, TWU community on that very point. From what I understand from talking to those who are closer to the situation than I, there is some pretty heated debate on that. Um, however, I'd just like to point out that one of the law societies that opposed Trinity was the Ontario Law Society. Uh, at the time, was known as Law Society of Upper Canada, but they've now modernized their name to the Law Society of Ontario. And they, in their opposition to Trinity, they were opposed to even the concept of having a Christian university uh, having a law school. So they, they would uh, take the argument even further and say, look, it's impossible for a um, a Christian university, which doesn't have freedom of academic, or they say is, there's no academic freedom and so on, but any of us who have ever attended a Christian university know that that's not true. There's a tremendous amount of academic freedom. However, um, that would certainly generate, I think, uh, even if Trinity were to say, okay, you know what, we're not going to have the uh, uh, this particular clause in our community covenant, uh, I suspect that uh, that still would raise opposition. Can't say for sure, but certainly we know in Ontario it would be. Well, but at that point, then, you know, who's the worst discriminator? The Ontario Law Society or the Christian University? Uh, you know, we're just trying to be Christian, and so you're saying we're not allowed to be Christian. Um, I think they get the better of the argument at that point. I think so, yeah. Thank you very much, Barry. Our guest today, Barry Bussey, General Counsel of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities, talking about a, a tremendous loss for religious freedom in the Trinity Western case. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week. Let freedom break.